0: Uh, as mentioned, my name is Daryl Temple. I get the extraordinary uh, privilege of co-leading uh, this church with my wife, who's not here uh, today she's been missing a lot of church. You can pray for her. Um, you know I hope she gets saved at some point. I really went into marriage thinking she was saved, but no um, we 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 just adopted, and um, we've been six months uh, with a an infant, and how many know infants they they kind of they go by like a code of their own. Like when it comes to sleep, like, it, 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 like it's, it's on their terms. Uh, and Benjamin right now is having a hard time driving, pray for us, because my oldest son, Abram, loved to drive and it was really a treat because we could just like, when, when naps, like time failed or when, uh, you know, uh, nighttime sleep wasn't going so well, we would just throw him in the car, <laughs> put, him in, put him in the seat and he would crash. But uh, Benjamin, not so much. So she had to go, but she's not here. Um, which is really uh, sad for all of us because she's such a treat. I really did good uh, in marrying her. Um, It's the grace of God, really, uh, honestly. Uh, I don't know how I did it, but that's a story for another day. Uh, With that being said, um, I want to just take two or three minutes, if we could, and invite my good friend, Andrew Montoya. You're gonna see a lot more of Andrew. um, Especially, yeah, you can put your hands together. His wife's clapping for him, yep. He's an extraordinary man who I think, you know, in the last... um, several months, maybe even longer, has, has um, led our church in such a powerful way to be more intentional in the area of missions. And uh, a long story short, we've done so much within the last couple of months that really has just reorientated our church and redirected us to be more focused on our city and the needs thereof. Well, with that being said, there's a tremendous um, opportunity for our church to kind of throw in and bless uh, some people down at Methadone Mile, uh, I think more infamous for the church known as Miracle Mile. Uh, but you have, I got some time down there last night. I know the folks really well, uh, but you've spent a good uh, amount of focused time down there serving with a team of people. But could you tell us a little bit more about this? Because honestly, what we wanted to do is kind of just turn our church on to wanting to be a part and going down to serve at this particular outreach. Um, for example, uh, last th- this Saturday we were there, we had 20 volunteers, and I think maybe 70 or 80 people there eating off the streets and whatnot, coming in and, and getting ministry to. That ratio, we need to do something about it, so we're hoping that maybe this church might, might, might help us in that. Andrew, could you talk a little bit about this outreach?
1: Yeah, definitely, so uh, this outreach is actually, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful things I've seen uh, in my journey as a Christian and I believe it's beautiful because it's an outreach that is done by the body of Christ in Boston it's not just one church that's leading this but it's a multitude of churches coming together and answering the call to be light and salt in the city so uh, it's a it's an outreach in the part of Boston where uh, if you're new to this uh, area which I believe there are a few of you that are uh, it's kind of the epicenter of the drug crisis in New England um, where there's tent cities of, of people just living in the streets. Um, if you've never been by this area of the city, it's in the south end. Uh, you can drive by and you see people uh, overdosed on the street. Um, you see, uh, act, it's a it's a live marketplace for drug dealing, um, and it's just a very tough place uh, to see firsthand. And uh, I personally believe that 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 this opportunity is actually where the church is meant to shine. In places where Amen. where the city looks at it and it's like, that is a problem we want to hide. Well, for the church, that is a problem which we want to actually go into and to shine light into it. So I definitely wanna encourage each and every single one of us uh, to go at least one time because I know if you go one time, your heart's going to be so moved by the conversations you have, by the by the way you see God move and where you're like, ah, I got to go more often because not only is this good for my soul, but it is good for those around me as well that I had the opportunity to share the gospel with. So I definitely want to encourage you guys all to go in. And my last point is, as a church hilltop, we are very big into revival and desiring revival. Well, I just want to let you guys in on something. Revival is not just for the church's sake. Revival is actually for the sake of the city around us. So we're actually revived in order to testify to the world around us about the goodness of God and the fact that we need to surrender to him. So this is a prime opportunity for us on a weekly basis to actually be the hands and feet of Jesus in a very tangible way, where we provide food, we provide clothing, and most importantly of all, we have gospel centered conversations with people that need hope. Amen.
0: Extraordinary Uh, do we have Andrew's contact information uh, a slide that gives the outreach not your personal, but uh, the ministry one Uh, And we'll just put that up as we get to the thank you Andrew guys. Could you put your hands together for Andrew Montoya again? But um, there you go You can email uh, this particular email and um, they'll uh, vet it and and get back to you and answer any questions that you have regarding this outreach Um, well If you've been with us uh with some time now i think at least three to four weeks we've been talking about burnout um maybe kind of a new term for some of us here um but not necessarily new to the church um and uh, it can kind of feel if you're just coming into the conversation you're coming into the conversation somewhat midway you ever done that like when you get around a cluster of people, they're having a good old conversation, you just get there and awkwardly the conversation just kind of dies down or you you kind of come in at a time where you're just like, what are they talking about? Because they're so far into their conversation, it's kind of the details are lost. Well, it it will almost feel like that today, uh, but I hope by God's grace uh, that he'll be able to take care of all that and catch us right up. I'd encourage you to go back to at least the last two, three Sundays where we've been talking about this because that's some extraordinary content, I think, uh, uh, in my opinion, has come out. Uh, but with that being said, the teaching text for today is John 4. Uh, John 4, and, and more specifically, verses 16 and 18. Now, I, I promise only to take two or three hours more of your time. Um, that's all. Uh, so I know announcements was kind of, I'm just joking, guys. That was, was, was a place for you to laugh. Okay, not so much, not so funny. Hard group, hard group. Hard um, group. But if you were to take anything away from my talk today, it's this, this is the big idea. It's gonna come off uh, uh, you know, kind of simple and very charismatic, but hey, that's who I am at heart. I'm a simple charismatic, but uh, this is the big idea of the sermon today. If you don't get anything else, this is what I'm going after, and this is what I hope the Spirit of God convinces you of today as you hear the words of this sermon. It's this, Jesus is going after our deepest and darkest wounds so that nothing, no, nothing stands in the way of us experiencing his promises. That's the big idea of today's sermon. Let me just say that one more time because I'm sure after 20 minutes you're gonna forget my name and what I'm saying and you're gonna be thinking about lunch. But let me just say it one more time, Jesus is going after our, our, his body, his people, the church, our deepest and darkest wounds, so that nothing, nothing stands in the way of, his, of us, excuse me, experiencing his promise. How many know that that is very good news? Man, can we put our hands together for Jesus? That's some good news right there. Some of you are not convinced yet, but I'm, I'm gonna work on that by God's grace. John four sixteen through 18, this is what we read. Jesus said to her, now, uh, just for some context here, if you're familiar with this particular uh, chapter and book, um, Jesus is at a well and he's having this conversation with a Samaritan woman. Now, we got into some of the details of this conversation last Sunday, so I, I don't want to kind of trudge over yesterday, our last Sunday sermon. Uh, so we're kind of coming into the conversation midway, and um, Jesus is going to say something very like, Startling, I believe. I I think when Jesus says that, this woman's mouth has to drop. And and, and we're gonna get a little bit more into the nuances of it all, but this is what we read. Jesus said to her, go call your husband to come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying, I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Let's pray. Father, as we enter and start to discuss the details of this conversation and this part of the Gospel of John, I ask, Lord, that by the Spirit of the Lord, you would convince us, Lord the same thing that you convinced the Samaritan women of, Lord, that she is loved and that, Lord, you see her wounds and you're gonna go after them and heal them so that she can experience the promises that your son gives her in this text, Lord. Lord, I thank you that those are the same promises that we can receive today. Let us lay hold of them in Jesus' name, amen. Baylor University, uh, two professors, Paul Forsey and Christopher Bader wrote a book in 2011 titled Americans for gods. Interesting title in this book. They dedicated a chapter to researching, um, uh, Americans perceptions, specifically perceptions of God there. They discovered that just about 95% of Americans believe in God, uh, but have vastly different conceptions of the divine and the role that the divine plays in our lives. Essentially the professors, took the data from that research, just one chapter in the book, and divided it into four prevailing concepts, outlooks if you would, that most Americans, us here in the West, have of God. Let me just read those in order. One, the authoritative God. Let me just read a description here of what that kind of means to these people that they researched, that they pulled this data from. God is like a literal father, both engaged as a positive force in the world and a judge of those who behave, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, and a judge of behaviors of humanity. And how suffering can be, this is interesting, can be the result of social and individual sins. That's the authoritative God, that's the outlook of this this perception, this concept that some Americans hold of God. Uh, Number two uh, is the benevolent God. And let me just read some, uh, you know, uh, understanding around that. God is mainly a force for good in the world, a being who answers the prayers of individuals and comforts the suffering. Not bad. Some holes in it, but you know, not bad. The critical God. God is less likely to be concerned with moments in our lives and of individuals, but will hand out judgments in the next life. And then lastly, the distant God. God is a cosmic force that sets the laws of nature in motion, but does not give, um, uh, get involved, excuse me, in the day-to-day events and movements of mankind. Those are some interesting takes on the person of God. But let me just say this, none of these views of God seem to come close to the one we see revealed here in John chapter four in this conversation with the Samaritan woman, none of them. this may breach some of our ways of delineating and distinguishing the difference between the roles of God, the son and God, the father. But Jesus did in all fairness, Jesus said in John 14, nine, if you've seen him, Jesus, if you've seen him, then you've seen the father. God, we're not just talking about appearances here. We're talking about the very character and nature of God expressed in the life of Jesus, Jesus's human life. And so we have to see that this conversation is a kind of an expression of who God is. Like we certainly uh, see a God who is anything but uninterested, right? And we just read a bit of that conversation. But, um, but with that said, uh, again, what we see here is what we see is a son, God, God, the son, concerned, right? He's concerned in this conversation. He's, he's compassionate. He, he's definitely connected, right? He's connected. He's not dismissive. He's inquisitive. He's involved and he's invested into the conversation with a Samaritan woman. Now I don't know about you, but I don't see anywhere in the details over the last you know, several weeks that we've read John chapter four, I don't see an authoritative God in the person of Jesus. Uh, I don't see Jesus being critical, and he's certainly not distant. And when it comes to benevolent, I don't think that Jesus really reflects the, the kind of terms that that research gave him, but nevertheless. Now, I should clarify that last Sunday, I made a mistake. <laughs> I, I, I kinda came from the angle with the Samaritan woman that the nature of her kind of um, brokenness was that she was promiscuous. Like the the nature of her having five relationships and and the husband that she was with now currently at that conversation was just a a result of her being kind of immoral. But this is not the case. I mean, it could be, but like scholars are kind of divided. I mean, this woman could just be widowed. The, The text really doesn't involve any information. But all that aside, regardless if it's just a matter of her being widowed, are being promiscuous. What we do know about this woman given this conversation is that she clearly has a deep wound. She has a deep wound. And again, I think we could all relate with that, right? I mean, how many of us have come into the house of God wounded I've been walking with God for 20 years and I I have some woundedness, you know, over the years, just things that experiences that haven't necessarily boded my way, places where people have hurt me, circumstances have hurt me. I've come today uh, with a wounded heart. But hey, listen, this is why I'm saying this. There is hope. Listen, if you are here today, if you are here listening to the sermon, if you're online, man, there is hope if your heart has ever been pained by life circumstances. Now I don't, uh, I won't assume to know what those circumstances might be, but I I know this, that Jesus is able to sympathize uh, with everything, everything, let me just put a period, everything that humans go through in life. And again, I mean, mid conversation, like we rattled off at least 25 experiences that Jesus had in his life as a human that can be related to the experiences we have as humans, if that makes sense. Now, back to this interesting uh, redirect in the conversation. Um, Jesus says, go get your husband, right? Now, this is what's interesting about this is that at this moment, Jesus has the woman. Like she's interested in what Christ has to offer. Let's read the text that proceeds 16 and 18 and 13 and 15. Jesus says this, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come to draw from this wall again. So at this point, the woman is in, she's sold. She wants what Jesus is offering. Now, if I'm Jesus, I'm thinking, man, get her a New Testament Bible, right? Lock her into a community group, like connect her with some other girls, right? and get her baptized, right? I mean, she is one of us, right? But, but here's the interesting thing about this uh, particular story in the Gospel of John is Jesus doesn't stop there. Jesus doesn't let her off the hook that easy. Friends, can I just put this little disclosure here? Jesus doesn't let any of us off the hook that easily. Why? Because Jesus loves us. Right, Jesus doesn't stop there, he takes it to another level. It gets kind of awkward even, uh, but he starts talking and, and pressing uh, on issues of her personal life. I mean, she wants the water. Like, she's, she's there, she's, 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 she's like, give me this, and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Why is Jesus doing this? This is what I believe Jesus is doing. Jesus knows for her, just like us, to experiencing, to experience, excuse me, living water, springing forth unto eternal life, or you could just put God's promises. He needs to go after the places she's been most wounded in life first. Jesus knows for this woman to experience, to really lay hold of the promise of living water, right? For not just her, 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 her natural thirst to be quenched, but her spiritual thirst to be quenched. He knows that in order for this to happen, and for this to transpire in her life, he has to go after what deeply pains and wounds her. This is point one. The places we tend to wanna conceal, right? The the places that we wanna kind of keep hidden from Christ, those are the places Jesus wants to go after and heal. John Bloom says this, or says it this way, Jesus wanted to get to the heart of the issue so he could bring his living water to the barren and parched recesses of her soul. Now, I I can resonate. Over the years, friends, walking with Jesus for now 20 plus years, I found it very hard to live in wonder, right? To live with energy and tenacity, right? Uh, to live refreshed while concealing or, or laboring under the weight or, or, or of sin and trauma. Anybody relate to that? I, I just can, I can't bridge the gap. And, and a, a lot of times we as Christians, we try, try to make sense of it all. How can these things coexist? And the truth of the matter is they can't. They can't, they were never meant to. And so yes, over the years I have struggled with trying to keep those two realities alive, experiencing the present and the promises of Jesus and what he has to offer, and experiencing deep, deep trauma or concealing sin. Jesus wants to go after that first, and this is what he's going after in this woman. There are things, friends, in life that were never meant to coexist, right? Laboring under the weight of sin and experiencing Jesus' promises are amongst those things. Listen, if you are laboring under the weight of your trauma and pain and your woundedness, if you are laboring under the weight of concealed hidden sin, listen, I wanna just, as somebody who's walked a mile in shoes, in your shoes, excuse me, say, you don't have to labor under that. You you do not have to labor under the weight of those things. Jesus wants to come and do the same for you that he's doing for this lady at this moment. An unknown author said this, sin adds to our trouble, subtracts from our energy and happiness, and multiplies our difficulties. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? And honestly, in my own journey, with, with 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 seeking healing for the pain and the trauma that I faced and and dealing with the concealed you know weightiness of sin in my life, like I can relate to that. I, I have found it very hard to feel joyful. I almost feel depleted. I, honestly, guys, we'll step on a limb here. I think it's the root cause. Hopefully, I'm making sense for some of our burnout today in the church. We read the statistics three Sundays ago. It's staggering to see how many faith-filled, Jesus-loving, God-fearing people are feeling zapped and tired. They lack energy and focus. They, They even lack the want to give anything, energy, time to build God's house. And let me just say this, friends, God has far more for us than to just kind of get through this life by the skin of our teeth, laboring under such burdens. Now, why do we know this? And I'm moving fast, because I know the announcements took long, and I know sharing about the miracle mile took some time, but this is significant, right? Because this, this seems to be at the end of this conversation, we're gonna read the text, of. It seems to be what the, the lady, the woman herself, the Samaritan woman proclaims, right, to the people back home, if you're familiar with the story. She doesn't go back to her, her home and say, hey, come see the man who, who gave me living water, right? She goes back to her, her home and she says, come see the man who told me everything I've ever done. Right, let's read in John 4, 28 through 29. So the woman, now this is after, you know, the conversation comes full circle. The presence of God is moving in her heart. The woman leaves her water jaw behind and went away into town. And she says to the people, come see a man who told me all I ever did. Could this be the Christ? I don't know about you how many of us get excited when the presence of god draws near and starts reading our kind of private email you know like hey whoa like like just relax like oh as if we can hide from god anyways like what do we think we're getting away with is it me but in addition to that, does the enemy, is he notorious for showing us, like, or, or I'm sorry, shaming us whenever God wants to give us his promises. Isn't he notorious for shaming us, like we're, we're, we're not good enough, Like right? And, and I imagine that immediately when God starts talking, God the Son starts talking about this, to this woman about this living water, the thing that starts going through her mind is how she's disqualified from receiving the promises that Jesus wants to give her. So it's not even that those things stand in the way. I think they stand in the way in her mind. And she's like, no, I got, I got to break through. I got to break through. I've traveled the distance. I'm at this well now tired. I'm going to break through this woman. I'm not just going to let her get off the hook. Right? No, 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 no. I'm going to press. I'm going to press because I want your life transformed. Got two or three people. But how many of us today, even now sitting in the seat feel disqualified In receiving the promises that God has for us. Listen, can I just, again, I I said this earlier, but, but Jesus wants to do the same for us today in our fatigue, in our burnout, in our tiredness. He wants to do the same for us today as he did for this woman in the story. But we need to ask ourselves the question, will we let Jesus get to the heart of the matter like he's doing in this woman's life. Will we let him get to the core of our hurt? Will we let him get to the core of our pain? And dare I say, will we let Jesus get to the core of even our hypocrisy? And so when Jesus comes to you, what would he say? You know, For this woman, it, it was these men. What, what would be your thing that's standing in the way Uh, that's shaming you, that feels like a weight, feels like it's in the way of you receiving God's promises. What are those things? Because this is what I would say, guys, Jesus wants to, in his grace and power, remove those things from your life so that you can experience the fountain of living water that springs up unto eternal life. Oh man, what a glorious image and the world that we live in today. What a glorious image. The the, the, the fountain of living water, there to sustain believers through the the rigor, right? And the, the pain of this world. Jesus has something to offer his church. You know, I don't profess to know what it is that, that everyone has come, you know, we all come into a, an environment like this, having needs, don't we? I, I've come with a couple. I've come with like maybe 10 or 12, like right off the top of my head. just absolute needs that are weighing on my heart. I just, I just need God's breakthrough, I need his answers. Like, so we all come into this environment with, with a mixed bag of, of needs and desires and hurts and pains. And, 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 you know, Jesus and his unique power, his ability um, to feed, you know, uh, 5,000 people, you know, and and fill their hungries when he only has, you know, a a short little surplus of food. Uh, Guys, I I believe that Jesus is in this place today and and wants to feed us. Man, if you've come like me into an environment like this and you're like, man, it's just been a heavy, hectic week. I, like, I feel like I can't get out of my way. I, I feel like that my circumstances just keep on going wrong. Like, and you've almost believed the lie, like, hey man, like, is, are, are you doing this to me, God? You know, how many feel that way as well? Could I, could I just try to lovingly convince you? Can I, I just try to plead with you? Just these simple words you do not have to go through this life feeling depleted and defeated you you do not have to go through the the labor of your circumstances and even your sin feeling beat up and shameful god has freedom today here uh, through his son jesus i i used to believe for years that i would just be a victim to my own vices, you know? How many of I mean, you got vices? You have got these besetting sins, and you just wonder, how? How is this gonna work out? How, how can I be a Christian and, and, and do this? Like, what is, such hypocrisy, right? And I spent years thinking, this is the norm. This is the way it's going to be. Listen, this is not the way it's going to be, man. If you're like, or you were like me back in those days, and and, man, you feel as though you will always be laboring under a certain besetting sin, let me lovingly convince you there is freedom in this place today. You do not have to be a captive. You do not have to be in prison. And, and, And I'm just like, uh, what, I, what, 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 I, what I want to ask and, and, and kind of just submit to us as we wrap this to a close are, is what are the things? What are, what are the things? What are the wounds? What are the pains? What is the sin that's holding you back today from experiencing the, the, the promises of God? Are, are they big enough? Are they power not, powerful enough, excuse me, to prevent you from exp- experiencing those promises? They don't have to be. Jesus doesn't want them to be. And so I think in, in, in wrapping this up, man, if I could have, maybe will come to the keyboard, I, I, I think a, a, a fitting thing to do this morning. And, 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 and you know, here's, here's the nature of it all. You gotta imagine there in that conversation that things when Jesus kind of started talking about her private life, things got really awkward and strange. You know, I, I, I could have I'd like put myself there. I'm like, whoa, that is like, really? Like I barely know you guy. Like you're like, I mean, I'd be amazed too. I'm like, how does he know this? But I, there'd be part of me just be like, this is awkward. Man, we in the church hate awkwardness. We do, we do. You're probably looking at me, you're like, that guy's sweaty, he's yelling, he's, he's all over the place, you know, he's awkward. But, so, but sometimes Jesus will lead us to awkward, uncomfortable places. If it means our souls, our, our pain, our sin would be healed and delivered. He, he, will, he will do it. I'm just, I'm just wondering how many of us are, are, are willing to let go and and, and I'm sorry to be cliche, but let God take over, to, to let go of those things that seem to hinder and shame us and, and, and let God, and, and, and here's the thing, no matter how maybe uncomfortable you feel today, uh, you know, maybe it's regarding this sermon, maybe it's, I don't know, but whatever it is, like take that uncomfortability, co- take that being uncomfortable and, and come down to the altar, man, and, and give those things, those things that, listen, nobody here knows today. But God does. God God knows what it is you've been wounded by. God knows what it is you've been pained by. God knows what it is. He knows the sin that you're laboring under. And let me tell you this, he is not looking at you uh, judgmentally. He he is not looking to be critical of your sin or authoritative. He is not even now looking to be distant from you because of your sin and your trauma. He is asking you and me to come to him and to lay those things at his feet, believing that as we do, we will receive living water, the promises of God, the promises of Jesus. And I just, 42 years old, I refuse to let anything hold me back. I don't care how awkward it gets. I don't care how loud or how quiet, how sweaty or whatever. I have come far enough in my journey with Christ to know that nothing, that that nothing is going to hold me back from receiving the promises I have in Christ Jesus. Friends, Jesus hasn't just come to save us, he's come to heal us. He has come to set us free from our enemies, our sins and addiction. And I'm just wondering how many people here today Willing and wanting Jesus to heal and deal with the areas that we would rather conceal and hide and put in the closet and stowed away. Man, I, if anything has resonated and you're like, hey, I, I'm at that place. I, I feel like I'm laboring under the weight of bad decisions. I feel like, man, there's too much pain and trauma that I've faced in this life. I wanna do the Jesus thing, but I just, man, I've been hurt by the church and, you know, I just can't bring myself to really be wholehearted, you know, in this thing called Christianity. I'm gonna tell you, man, Jesus was hurt by the church. So I think, What's fitting today is we just build an altar here. Man, if you're good and you're like, man, you guys are scary, I'm gone, you know, that's, that's cool. But man, if, if you're here and you're like, man, those things resonate with me. In some way, in some fashion, I feel, I'm not talking about me, but you, you're in your seat, you're feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit on your heart. I I think it would be fitting for us just to respond in this moment and trust the Holy Spirit to come, to draw near, like that's all that Jesus said. And and that's where we started this conversation way back three weeks ago. Jesus just said, come to me. That's 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 our only job. It's just to come to him. And I'm wondering how many here today, in this moment now, want to come to Jesus for healing, want to come to Jesus Freedom, so that nothing will stand in our way from experiencing the promises He gives. Man, if that's you, as will plays, the altar is open. We're not going to work hard at this, but man, if there is something you're like that resonates this altar, man, I, I, I want to just confess, I'm here at this altar. Uh, this this message, I'm, I feel like I'm living it right now. I feel like I'm living it, and so. Like, I'm here not just as the pastor, not just as the one talking, not just with a microphone, but I'm here, I'm like, Jesus, I am tired of laboring under the weight of my sin. I am tired of laboring under the weight of pain and the trauma that I've experienced in this life. I want healing, I need freedom, man, if you're like me. Altar's open, there's no shame. I mean, God knows anyways, but let's not Let's not turn quickly and just try to shift gears and, and get out of this moment. Man, if the Holy Spirit is weighing on your heart, come to this altar. Come to this altar and let's do business with God. Come on, if you know how to pray, I need some praying people just to pray in their seats. Man, if you're good, that's all right. There is there's no pressure. No one has to be pressured, but man, The only pressure we want you to feel right now is the pressure of the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart to say, come, come to me. Oh, Jesus, you're the healer. Oh, Jesus, you're the healer.
1: The revival of fire
0: that sets me
1: free. Oh, Jesus, you the
0: heal.
1: Jesus, you the heal.
0: Oh, Jesus, you are the heal. Your love is the revival. Free, free, oh Jesus, the oh, Jesus. We're just gonna keep this atmosphere going here today. Uh, we're gonna close down our, our, our service, but we're gonna remain just praying with our brothers and sisters here today. And um, as we leave, just know that this, this, this little time is open after we close things down because it's just too much pressure to get up and walk down in front of people. I don't know. But if you want prayer, we'll be here praying for people. Um, besides that, guys, we love you guys. Have a have a great Sunday, a great week. May God bless you and keep you, right? Like uh, we, we we pray even for the campus uh, kids that are here today, college students, that then there would be a grace that would rest upon you as you get settled in your schools. Um, but... Apart from that, guys, um, be blessed. Have a great Sunday. Uh, again, the altar is open. A few.